Hello and welcome to Artists in Residence. I'm Isabel Wilkinson and this podcast is for anyone who ever felt the need to create something. Last week I dragged my weary bones out of bed on a Saturday morning to make my way over to photographer Alex Lee's house in West London. She chose to have this conversation in her living room with her cat Lola safely snuggled on her legs. We talked about how long humans have been creatively expressing themselves for and why it is quite so important to express the many emotions and feelings we have in our heads. She then went on to tell me about her personal project, Boys of Hong Kong, which was born out of a desire to reconnect to China and Hong Kong and the place that she grew up, but not really being too rigid with the form that that expression would take. I found the conversation just so interesting and it was such a pleasure to sit down with Alex um, so I'm really excited for you to hear what she had to say. Hi Alex, um, thank you so much for sitting with me so early on a Saturday morning. So we are speaking about artists in residence and the reason um, I started Artists in Residence was completely born out of a frustration with kind of years of feeling like I had all these ideas and thoughts and inspirations, but not feeling like I had the tools to implement them. And that was through a lack of not really having any creative education, but having all of this creative energy and not really knowing what to do with it. So through my day job, I've had a chance to work with lots of creative people and to kind of view their creative process. So I want to learn more and more about that. So I thought, who better to speak to than people who do create every day? And so that's why I was sat here now. <laughs> so you work as a fashion photographer, um, but I'd like to hear from you kind of what that means. Obviously, that is just your day job. And um, so how you define what it is that you do creatively. When people ask me, I always say fashion photographer, but I actually don't entirely like that's not all I do. Is just an easier thing to yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I do personal work a lot, which is based on it's it kind of, personal work is really important. I think it's something that you need to do alongside the fashion. Mm-hmm. Just they complement each other, and it's also for your for your creativity. Like in order for you to remember what it is that you do when you're not being told. What, what to do, what the brief is, yeah. me guidelines. So I guess in to define what I do, I guess I would just say a photographer, but I'm particularly interested in people. Um, and so how would you say, like, how is the balance for you between commercial work, personal projects, and, like, brand, brand and publication work? Um, at the moment, it's pretty well balanced, actually. Um, I've managed to find a way of making that work well for me. Mm-hmm. I think for a long time, it was really unbalanced. Leaning towards Leaning commercial. towards commercial editorials, like just specifically fashion, mm-hmm. which was great, but I began to feel um, frustrated right. and like a bit, a bit down, I guess, because, but I didn't realise at the time that it was because of that, but... I took, I was just like, oh, I just need, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm feeling a bit stressed and lost in my work and I just need a bit of a moment. So I took some time out to do my personal project, Boys of Hong Kong, 
And as I was doing this, I was like, this is why I've been so unhappy because I haven't done I anything do more of this. that was just my own thing mm-hmm. that I really genuinely cared about, that I was interested in, that meant something to me. And so since doing that project, I've realized that for myself, it's really important for me to do both and have a balance. Yeah, I think some people can some people can just do fashion and they keep, that keeps them creatively happy. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I need, I need both. And finding that balance took me a while, but I feel like now I'm in a good You've place. You've got it. You've yeah. got it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was a, like about the time that I, I'd met you a few times, but I came to your Boys of Hong Kong exhibition. Was it in March? Yeah, it's March, last, March year. last year. So a year ago, yeah. um, and just thought it was just so encapsulating um, what you'd created, um, and obviously you had a film as well that you'd worked on. Yeah. Um, so I would like to know, like to know about the creative process that you kind of went to. So you said that you felt out of sorts a little bit with your everyday work. Why did you reach for Boys of Hong Kong? It was at a time, as I previously mentioned, where I was feeling quite frustrated with my work in general, but also at a moment in my life where I really felt kind of out of touch with with Hong Kong, with with my Chinese side. My mum is Chinese. Um, and I've been living in London for so long and it just felt like I needed to go home. I don't know, it just felt right. Through the process of going home, I really was curious to find out what was happening at home, yeah. what, what the youth culture was up to, you know, and it it's, I didn't know what I was going to find. Yeah. I didn't actually have, like, a plan. All I knew was that I just wanted to get myself out there and start meeting people and start figuring it out. And then... I came across some like really amazing guys and they inspired the project. Mm-hmm. Um, so you knew there was a story there with them that you felt that yeah, you wanted I, to share? Yeah, and I think masculinity is... I've always been interested in masculinity as a, con- like, as a, like, as a concept in my work um, and something to address. And I think I was curious to see how people identified with masculinity in Hong mm-hmm. Kong, as particularly in the younger generation. Um, so that tied in really nicely to something I really cared about and wanted to say. Yeah. yeah. And a great opportunity to spend more time in Hong Kong. Yeah, it was so nice to go home and yeah, reconnect, to be honest, yeah. So then once you'd met these guys and, you know, you were excited to, to work with them on them what were the next steps you had you'd met them and then you've got your exhibition at red gallery what are the steps that you went through right. to bring that to fruition um what did i do so i would meet pete a lot of the boys i met so some of them i met through friends mm-hmm. some of them i met literally just street casted i i like found that, like i walked past this schoolboy on like the street in Mong Kok and I was like oh my god his face is amazing he's the guy on the cover yeah 
Um, Which was like absolutely my favourite part of it. Yeah. Which you guys blame bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like um, such a beautiful story and just the way they interact with each other was Oh my god, the cutest Just kids. so yeah. cute. <laughs> um so I walked past him and I was like, Oh my god. And so I like ran after him and I was like, um so I'm gonna talk about <laughs> one of those awkward moments and then but then you you know, when you're determined you just push through the fear. Absolutely. And then you just like and then I Asked for his number, which is really awkward. <laughs> I'm um, not creepy. Not I promise. It's my camera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and then I met one guy at like this really. They used to have this club where they all used to go. It was like BYOB, mm-hmm. and found another guy in there. So I found them through various kind of ways. And then Hong Kong's small, so once you kind of meet someone, they have friends and so on and so circle. on. Then I would just meet them, like, kind of at places that I felt they would be most comfortable or that was somewhere they wanted to take me. I kind of, most of the time, let them lead the, let them lead it because it want, I needed it to feel genuine. And natural. And, and natural. not uncomfortable. For yeah. It, I guess. Um, and then... As I was meeting these boys, obviously I was having, I was spending a bit of time with them and I was having great conversations with them. And at first it just started as a photography project. And then I was just like, I need to record this. Like, they're so great and they're so intelligent and so open-minded that I was like, I need to make a film or something. Yeah. So then I found Luke who's now become a really good friend of mine through the process. So you hadn't worked together before? No. I thought you guys worked together for yeah. years, weirdly. Yeah, it feels like I've known him for a long time. He's, You know, he's just one of those people that you meet and then you you just click. Yeah. And you just get Did it. Did you meet like him in Hong other. Kong then? Yeah, like, um, I think we were introduced through mutual friends and then this project came up and I just thought of him and I was like, oh, I'm just going to get in touch. And then we had a coffee and then it kind of went from there. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been working together since basically. So it's like sparked a really great kind of working relationship and friendship. And um, then, so we would then go to meet the boys together. Right. Um, When you sat down for a coffee with him, did you, did you feel like you had a full robust idea at that point? Like you knew exactly what the project was and you'd scoped it out. I had a strong idea, yeah. but with these things, you have to stay kind of open yeah. because you don't really know what they're going to say. Yeah. You don't know what, you know, it was, I kind of saw it as an exploration. I wanted, I was curious. I wanted to be. find out things rather than this is my concept. I'm going to base it around that. Yeah. I want, I wanted it to be more of like a study and an exploration of what was mm-hmm. actually going on. So, but yeah, I mean, I knew that the concept was Boys of Hong Kong. Yeah. I knew it was about masculinity. Um, and the rest was what and, unfolded. And the rest, literally, we just turned up and hoped for the best. <laughs> yes. it and was, it worked out yeah. pretty well. So that was how it went. We were so, we didn't pre-plan anything really. Yeah. Maybe a couple of locations we planned with the boys, but that was a conversation we would have with them. So, yeah, and then it kind of just went from there. And then 
what at what moment did you think you know was it once you'd shot all the footage and you were editing like Luke was editing the film what moment did you think okay this is something that I really do feel the need to share like what we've found here is seriously interesting and offers a different perspective that I don't think a lot of people are thinking about I think when I started the project it was something I needed to do for myself and then it was and then it became something I was so curious about and wanted to find out more about and then the further along I went the more inspired I got and the the stories developed and so on and so on and then as that happened I was like okay this is something that I should show people that I want people to see and yeah and I think it was just a pro it was a gradual process actually and then a and then I was just taking so many photos and we were getting so much content and it just felt right to turn it into a zine that people could pick it up and, and look through. And then the film, again, the same thing. It was, yeah, the film was always something I was like, I think as soon as I realized I wanted the film involved, maybe that was the turning point because yeah. I was having these conversations and I was like, oh my God, I need to like put this out there. So I think maybe it was when... I decided to do that, that I knew I wanted to show people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and as I say, I mean, it was just such an exciting night to have your body of work as you walked in. And I almost wasn't, I, like, I didn't really know much about the project at all when I walked in. Um, and then just go on the corner and it's like, okay, well, there's so much more going on here with the film. Um, and I think I probably watched it about 20 times on loop. So, yeah, um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, obviously, that was so exciting. And we'll come on to um, any other ideas that you've got um, about things that you'd like to work on in the next year or so. But I'd like to know about a particular part in that that you might have found um, difficult. Was there any moment in that process? It sounds like it was quite natural. And as you say, you didn't really set out with an end goal. But was there a moment that you felt like became a bit sticky where you didn't really know what was the next step? Not really. No. 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 I think it was, as I said, it was just, I was lucky, I guess. Or I, I don't know. I think, I think some, I think maybe it was because I kept an open mind. I think sometimes you can have such a strong concept and then you, if the people you meet or, you know, especially if you're working with people. I think you kind of have to keep some sort of openness to a slight change in concept. You don't know what's going to yeah. come from them on that day or anything. Yeah, or like as you go, you might realise that actually like your concept didn't make sense. Or, mm-hmm. um, And I think because at the end of the day, your concept is kind of based on your perception, your opinion totally. on something. So I think that allowed it to just develop naturally. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I didn't, run into that many sticky moments you're the dream yeah um okay cool well so in terms of um so you said that you don't tend to like to particularly class yourself as a fashion photographer it's more all-encompassing than that but I read that um you actually started studying art um when you first pursued a creative study so when Maybe, again, a very difficult question to kind of pinpoint, but why art? Why did you feel... When do you, when did you pick up a pen or a paintbrush? Why, why was that the medium that called to you? 
And also, what were you trying to create? All of the questions. Okay. <laughs> Go. Um, I think, well, I guess firstly, my parents are creative. Mm-hmm. They've always really loved art. So I grew up around art with an appreciation of art. The way I played when I was a kid, we would have easels and paintbrushes. Yeah. And it was something you were always encouraged to Yeah, do. It, was, it was encouraged for sure. Um, what did what do your parents create? Are they painters or um, they're not at, like my dad's an interior designer. Okay, but his draw like he's old school. He does everything by hand. Really? Yeah, or he did everything by hand, and that takes an immense amount of skill. Mm, and cool. my mum isn't in the arts, but she always drew. Yeah, she, she was a really strong drawer. And she would sketch us all the time. Really? Yeah. And that's so magic. To yeah. Think that you're kind of seeing that as a child. Mm. Yeah. So we would just be sitting there, like either reading or whatever it was, and she'd just be like drawing. So that, like, I guess was where I learned my appreciation yeah. for creativity. And I guess that's how that was my outlet as a as a kid. Like, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't read a lot until yeah. I was maybe. 12 so like pre that I was just drawing and yeah. painting and running around yeah and then um I don't know it just always felt natural like it always felt like something it just felt like part of my life mm-hmm. and then it was the subject of school that was like the yeah, fun the most fun the most. to do yeah, totally. and you know so and I just focused on it with the encouragement of my parents, obviously, which I think makes a big deal. Yeah, totally. Like, a di- big difference, even, sorry. And then, so I I painted. I wanted to be a painter. Um, I was always interested in people, so I was doing portraiture, mm-hmm. mainly. And then when it came to deciding whether you were going to go to uni, I thought, why not go to art college? So, yeah, so then I worked on my portfolio and got into Chelsea, Amazing. Yeah. And was that something that was um, encouraged? So you say your parents are super supportive of that, but something that I'm really interested in and something that I've felt the negative effects of in schooling is the lack of support from education in encouraging the arts. Yeah. And I think it very much depends on the environment that you're in and the, you know, the school that you go to and, and all of those things. But yeah, I was lucky. I think my parents actually maybe did this on purpose. I went to a school that was really supportive of art. Okay, yeah. So that was helpful. Um, and definitely, like, makes a huge difference. But, yeah, I mean, it's what it, it is. But the, even still at school, you're kind of like, you're the art, if you're the art kid, you're kind of, they, people think you're dossing. Right? Yeah, totally. They're my dad like, calls, oh, yeah. and this is like classic northern dad vibes, he calls drama dossing around and messing about. That's what he thinks drama stands yeah. for. And I was like, that's not helpful to me, Dad. <laughs> I need you to support me on this one. He still does it now. Yeah. But even, like, I mean, even up to recently, like, I would I would meet people and be like, oh, you're, you're a photographer. like, And they just don't think that I was, like, did much with yeah. my life. Like, yeah. And I was like... Um, I work quite hard yeah, most actually, of the time. Yeah, there is actually a lot of work involved. So, yeah, I mean, there's being that kind of preconception, I guess, yeah. of what art is about. But, yeah, I was lucky. I was I was lucky to be in the right environments to support that. Absolutely. 
So you went to Chelsea. Yeah. Did you change halfway through? So that was a foundation. Okay. Yeah. So I got into Chelsea for foundation. And then in foundation, you do like a, um, you kind of trial everything. You kind of do a bit of graphics. You do a bit of this and that. I was quite focused on the fine art side of stuff, obviously, as that's what I thought I was going to do. And then I would take photos to paint from most of the time. Okay. Because it's hard to get someone to sit there for hours. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then I think my tutor was like, you're actually really good at photography. You've got an eye for it. Yeah, you've got an eye for it. And I think while I was doing the graphics course, they encouraged me to do photography. And then I went to Portobello Market and bought a completely manual film camera. Oh, my God. Yeah. You jumped in at the jumped deep in. End. Yeah. Why not? Best way to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shot my first roll of film. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. This, this is amazing. Is for me. Yeah. And that was it. That's so amazing. Yeah. And so fantastic. You know, obviously, you were in a particularly artistic environment because you were studying. But amazing that your tutor fostered that as well and was able to say, you know, this is something that I really think you should pursue. Totally. I think it's so good to have that guidance. Yeah. Yeah. So we are sat in your living room this morning um, <laughs> at this awful time on a Saturday morning. Um, but I asked you to invite me into a space um, where you create. And so I'd love to know what it is about this space or whether it's that it's convenient or why is like why is it that you create here and feel comfortable to do that? I guess I'm like... I'm a bit of a homebody. I love being at home. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's where I'm most calm and can therefore be more focused. Yeah. Um, Not having to think about any distractions. Yeah. Whereas I know some people find being at home quite distracting. I find it the opposite. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it just allows me to be in a space that's really comfortable. I guess there's a convenience part to it, but... I don't think I'm as productive in like a cafe or no. like a, you know, I think it's, I, or I wouldn't be more productive necessarily in a rented studio. So, yeah. This is the space. I totally get that. I mean, mm. I get very um, antsy if I haven't, it's like almost like being around my belongings helps me to feel yeah. like I'm in control of what I'm doing with them. Like, not, yeah. you know, I've got stacks and stacks of paper just strewn everywhere. I'm the messiest person of all time. But when I feel like I haven't seen them for a while, haven't like been around those stacks of paper, I feel like I'm totally lost. So I totally and utterly understand yeah. the feeling of wanting to be at home. Um, and so two last questions. Um, we've talked about creativity and we've brushed, brushed the surface. Um, if you could define when you're, when you're looking at someone else's art, whether that's photography, fine arts, listening to a piece of music, whatever that is, how would you define that for you? How would you say that you know a piece of work that somebody else has created does something for you? You know because you feel it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what does it yeah, feel like? What does it feel like? Um, it can feel different depending on what you're seeing. Because sometimes you're looking at art that's really dark and then you feel you feel what that person is trying to say through that, which is usually they're expressing some sort of sadness or anger or whatever, but then you can also come across art that's coming from a really good place and a really kind of, like, a brighter place. And you feel, like, you feel 
you feel what they're trying to say. If it's good art, yeah. the, the whole point is that you're experiencing what they want you to experience. So, and you're experiencing what's coming from the artist. And so if it's good, you're hopefully going to feel exactly that. So I think you can feel a range of emotions, but that's what's nice about art is it can make you feel anything. Anything, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So I lied, I've got two more questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why do you think, and obviously the entire of this conversation has been a kind of a, a point for this, but why do you think that creativity is an important attribute to foster? I think naturally humans are creative. We are emotional beings. We need an outlet and we need... I mean, you don't have to be someone who can draw like Leonardo. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, like, you don't have to be an artist, but everyone has emotions and everyone has a need to express them in some way. And I think it really helps if you can find a way to do that. Yeah. And a lot of people find that through creativity, through art, through anything. Like, And I think it's such an important part of human growth is to be able to express ourselves and to be able to channel our feelings into something else. You know, it's like that classic, like that classic case of if you bottle, bottle everything in, then life is actually a lot harder. Absolutely. So it's, I, I personally feel that it's a huge part of someone's growth to be able to be creative and know how to channel it in whatever way you want to, whatever yeah. way you can. I watched this amazing documentary called How Art Began, I think it was called, mm. with Anthony Gormley on BBC. And I don't know why, but it really, really stuck with me because yeah. it's just about this topic on how integral art is and to humans yeah, and our existence and our way of being and that we were creating art basically the moment we could. Yeah, it's an expression. Yeah, and we found a way to do it. Like they were literally eating... It was pre pre tools, so pre metal, pre like any kind of wooden brush or wooden tool. Um, they would eat charcoal from their fire, the burnt out fire, and use okay. yeah, and use the they would use the pigment, the black pigment from their mouth, and spit it onto the wall to create a painting. Which actually, this really famous cave painting, which is of horses. The amount of time and effort that they took to do that with no tools. Absolutely. It just, it just reminds you how important it was for them to express something. Yeah. That they would go to that length yeah. to do that. <laughs> to spit out there. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so, I don't know, it had such a big impact on me because I think it's so easy, as I said, to just dismiss art as this, like, a hobby lux a luxury a hobby or a so luxury or, you know so actually it's it's something i think is really important to to humans in general yeah to go back to the very um you know as i said this is um this podcast this what we're talking about now is something that's like been years of ideas fostering for me um i studied linguistics at university 
Um, so that's about the science of language. And there was this moment of, you know, I'm also musical and um, music and language. There's many hypotheses that they were create like actually language in humans came from a musical language. So grunting and singing was a way of expressing there's like a predator over there. Like you'd make a noise and it all comes from this idea of like, did language come first or did thought come first? You had to be able to have thoughts to be able to express something. And I think that's, as you say about these cave paintings and people drawing horses and, um, you know, maybe nearby food sources, that is like a, a carnal survival method, method to be able to explain what's going on in your brain. And that's what creativity, what I, what I think creativity is. It's a way of expressing what's going on in your brain at the simplest level. And so I don't think it's a luxury at all. It's absolutely essential. Yeah, I do think it's essential. And I think it should be encouraged more at schools. Yeah, it's just such a great way to have an outlet for yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, you hear, you know, to get really deep, you hear about, you know, mental health on the rise. And these are things that can be combated through people feeling that they can express themselves. Yeah. Or be listened to. So amazing. So last question is... Is there anything that you feel is kind of bubbling in a way in your brain at the moment um, that maybe isn't a fully formed concept yet um, that you'd like to work on in the next um, in coming coming weeks and months? I'm thinking of a few things, but nothing concrete yet. Yeah, <laughs> that I feel like I should maybe talk about until I know a bit more about what I want to do with it. I, I like to sit with things for a yeah. bit before I tell anyone what I'm doing because it's a very private thing, isn't it? It is. Because it's you're not sure thing. where it's going to go. Yeah, because you just you don't know where it's going to go. Number one, but also like you're coming up with opinions or concepts that are quite strong opinions. So you you've got to sit with it and understand if you actually do believe it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I, think, I think it's just. You're like, oh, like, I don't know, something can trigger it. And you're just like, oh, I never thought of that. This is an interesting concept. Okay, I'm just going to sit with it because I'm not sure if I believe in it yet. Yeah. And then if I believe in it, then I tend to develop it. But then sometimes I'm like, mm, no. You have to have strong convictions. Yeah, you've got to have strong opinions about something to stand by your concept. Definitely. Yeah. But you definitely are working on um, yeah. some more personal projects. I am. Um, I've got two ideas at the moment. Exciting. Yeah. So Let's exciting. Yeah. We can revisit this conversation. So you need to document your process through the whole thing. Yeah. And we can talk about yeah. it's done. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Um, uh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening and thanks to Alex for sitting down with me. If you want to learn more about her most recent personal project, Boys of Hong Kong, visit her website www.alexleese.com to watch the Anthony Gormley documentary she mentioned at 25 minutes. Search on BBC iPlayer for How Art Began. Um, And don't forget to subscribe to catch the next artist in residence and follow along on Instagram for more creative thoughts at Isabel Wilkie.